0: Welcome to the Beyond the Podium podcast series at the University of Florida. My name is Alexandra Bitton-Bailey, and I'm the co-host of the Beyond the Podium podcast series. And today, our other co-host is Matt August, our producer.
1: That's right. We're throwing a curveball at you today. My name is Matt August, and I'm the digital media coordinator for the Office of Faculty Development and Teaching Excellence. I'm normally the editing guru who works behind the scenes, so it's actually a scary step to jump in the spotlight a bit, but I'm happy to be on this episode. Thank you, Alex, for letting me join you.
0: It is our pleasure. We're happy to have you. So our guest today is Dr. Rich Conley, and he's here to tell us about his experiential learning course.
2: Well, I uh, did my undergraduate work at the University of California, Irvine. Uh, I grew up out west, and um, from there, I worked in the private sector for four, five, six years wondering what I wanted to do with my life and decided that banking and human resources was not it.
0: Sometimes, it's not the experiences we have that mark us most, but those we miss out on. Those missed opportunities sometimes serve as the drive that propels us in any given direction.
1: Oh yeah, I know that's the case for me. The things I never got to do, they definitely still live on my bucket list.
0: And when you finally have a chance to have that experience, you want to share it with others.
2: One of the things that I'd always regretted as an undergrad was that I didn't—I had an opportunity to go study abroad in France, um, and I couldn't afford it. I was putting myself through school at the time, and so I always regretted not being able to do that. So when I started looking for master's programs, I decided to go to Canada, uh, to Montreal. Wait, did he just say Montreal?
0: Yes, he did. <laughs>
1: Just so the audience knows, Alex is from Montreal, and French is her native language. So she gets really excited when meeting other French speakers.
0: That's where I'm from. Are you really? Et mon école était <laughs> derrière l'oratoire <laughs> Saint-Joseph. Okay. belle province. Oui, c'est beau le Canada. Me manque
2: beaucoup, sauf pour les hivers. non, l'hiver c'est
0: beau aussi.
2: I will be honest, I was a little
1: envious listening to the two of them speak French. Ironically, I tried learning French on my own last year but I could not understand a word of what they were saying.
0: It's okay, Matt. I can probably teach you one day, but you would have to promise to be a really good student.
1: Well, something tells me you'll have to be a fantastic teacher. And while we're on the topic of fantastic teachers, Rich Conley's experiential learning class is an exceptional example of what being a great teacher looks like. Dr. Conley's course takes students out into the world to authentically experience the material.
2: Uh, this course that, that I did for Spring Break 2017 was on Native American politics. Um, and I have done at least four or five uh, study abroad programs in France. Uh, I developed one with a colleague um, back in 2008 for a summer in Dublin and Belfast. And we went and studied some of the conflict between the, the you know yes. two different communities there. And so I I had that kind of of experience leading those trips, and it came in very handy in putting this one together.
0: So Rich started planning this course and selected the area of Arizona where he'd spent much of his childhood.
2: Over the last five or six years, I kind of got to know my my native neighbors a little bit more out in Arizona, Um, and... I, when I was putting together the, the course, the sixteen week course, I thought, wouldn't it be a neat idea if we could get out of the classroom and go and actually talk to some people?
1: You know, Rich also mentioned something interesting about his students that I
2: really wouldn't have considered. What I've learned in my time at UF is that a lot of a lot of students at Florida have not traveled that much. Um, they may have gone abroad, but they don't. Also, have not many have not gone past the west, you know, of the Mississippi River. Uh, so it's a whole other frontier, a whole other, you know, universe for them. And I thought, this this could be a, a really neat thing to do. It's doable within a week over spring break. And it wouldn't be as expensive, obviously, as doing something that requires going abroad. So that was sort of the the genesis for it for me was, um, um, you know, and, and selfishly, it gives me an opportunity to kind of go back to a part of the world that, that I do miss and, you know, grew up in, so...
0: For this to really work over a week-long period, Rich carefully chose his locations.
2: Well, this last trip in 2017, uh, we went to, we started the trip in Denver, um, and then we went to three reservations, one in Wyoming, uh, Wind River. Actually, there's a yes, movie right yes. now that's a very, very good movie. Uh, and it's a unique reservation because it's shared between two tribes. I don't think there's another example of that in the United States Um the Eastern Shoshone and the Northern Arapaho, who were traditionally enemies. Um, But but you have to go back to the 1860s and treaties to understand why that happened. But then we went to the Crow Reservation, Little Bighorn in Montana, the side of the battlefield, uh, and then on to Pine Ridge in South Dakota. That's the, the Oglala Lakota or Oglala Sioux.
0: What's really significant about creating such an opportunity is to know and plan exactly what it is the students are supposed to learn and understand and experience through this.
1: Exactly. Rich really invested in creating a learning opportunity. He kind of made like a, a traveling classroom.
0: Well, I
2: think one of the, you know, it's not just a, a sightseeing tour. Um, anyone can can go and hop in a bus or a car and, and drive, drive around. Uh, what I endeavor to do is to take the students to... Um, political entities, for example, and and historical sites, to to put those things in context. Um, But we meet with members of the uh, legislature, the executive, in in the tribal governments themselves. We meet with uh, the federal level, the Bureau of Indian Affairs is the entity under the Department of Interior that liaises with the tribes, and so we we met with several of the superintendents of the the BIA, Um, and it it gives the students an opportunity to really connect with people on a level that you you simply can't get this out of a a textbook. I had the students write a reflection paper a couple months after the trip uh, as part of their grade, and what did you learn from this? What was unique? And and really, that was the thing that came out. It was the people with whom we, we, we had these relationships.
0: Despite the careful planning, the beauty of such an experiential learning opportunity is really the relationships that develop and surprise teachable moments that unfold magically.
2: On two of the reservations, I had made some friends. One um, was the lead ranger. Um, he was a Upsalaga, our Crow Indian. Um, he was a lead ranger at Little Bighorn. And for reasons I won't detail here, he ended up being our guide. He took us to a sacred place for the Crow up called Bighorn Canyon. And he, we stopped and got out. It was freezing cold. And he went out and he, he uh, got a piece of, of sage and he did a smudging ceremony, and he said a prayer to the four directions in, in Native Crow and then explained everything to us uh, and and some of the myths about this, the seven sheep there at Bighorn Canyon, how they saved a, a boy. Um, you know, going and actually seeing all of this firsthand is just something that, that you know, you don't quite get the same yeah. view when you're reading it from a book about, you yeah. know, economic development or, you know.
1: Dr. Conley gave us such a great description of that experience and really what it must have been like to be there first-hand. But the story brings us back to the central theme of experiential learning, which is that no photo, video, or story can replace the value of what it must have been like to actually be there. Some things really just have to be lived. Although, this does mean some careful orchestrating is required.
0: Yeah, and I, I really think that Rich did a great job preparing his students.
2: And we had a pre-departure meeting where I told them some of the, you know, we're going to run into some very difficult issues. And, and you know, we're going to have to be prepared for that. But they, they were very good listeners. They were polite. They were respectful. They, they asked good questions. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't have any problems whatsoever keeping them really focused um, during during the adventure.
0: Now, part of that preparation is in setting up some ground rules. You know,
2: one of the other things that I, I put in my own kind of acknowledgement was that the students need to be respectful, not only of federal and state laws, but also tribal ordinances. You know, what's difficult is I think, on the one hand, you don't want to be too paternalistic, but you also, you, you know, my ultimate goal, and I know everyone else who does these kinds of programs or study, study abroad, you know, we want to make sure the students are safe.
1: Now, when I first listened to Rich talking about this trip, I figured it would be set up just like any study abroad trip, right?
0: No, actually, it turns out to be quite a bit different. But Rich does a great job of explaining this.
2: One thing that faculty should know is that that putting together a domestic experiential course um, requires some things that, that... are a little bit more complicated than than say doing study abroad in the sense that we have the international center for study abroad programs and they handle the budget finances the bursar etc right uh, it does not work that way for, for doing this domestically. And so um, what I learned, it took me about 15 months to set this up originally. What I learned is that we needed to work uh, with distance and continuing education, which in my case was, was, was great because I was already doing some things for DCE and flexible learning and so forth, and they were very gracious and willing to help. But you, you have to have a self-funding proposal done Um, and and it has to go up through the the chain of command, if you will, for approvals, and that takes time, and you have to really think through the course. Um, So there's a lot of paperwork. There's a a lot of administrative things. Um, What I tried to do at the end of that experience was to put together a little guidelines memo which is, I guess, about 29 pages with all of the forms, but really a how-to, a checklist, a timeline of how to, how to do these sorts of things. Uh, if folks are interested in that, I'm, I'm going to put that up on my webpage and you easily access it. Um, so you really do have to think about these things uh, well in advance.
0: So when listening to Richard, I couldn't help but wonder if this would be possible as an embedded aspect of a regular course.
2: In terms of embedding something like this for in a course for just a, a day or, or two days, um, I believe there's a, a course in geology, which um, Distance and Continuing Education has done. I don't know if it's a week-long trip or just three days, um, but they are happy to help. And, and, and again, I was blessed to have folks over there who really guided me through all of the complexities and, and really worked hard to make that happen, and along with shared services in liberal arts and sciences. They're such a key component because of the financial part of it. And, and I had a teaching assistant, had to get, get her paid and, and me paid and yeah. reconcile all of the bills. You know, the, the budget was about 14 I think it was about fourteen thousand dollars, and so you know you make sure yeah. that we had all of that done, the P card issues. Um, so it can certainly be done, but advanced planning is, is is very very important, and there's a lot of things to think about that that I simply was unaware of because when I've done study abroad, UFIC handles it all, so okay. you don't have less, less to, to...
0: But you're willing to share all Absolutely. of your hard-earned wisdom, well, right? Well, I don't <laughs> know if
2: it's wisdom or not, but, but certainly, and I, I think that's, that's, that's the goal is that, you know, um, why reinvent the wheel? It still blows
1: me away that Rich essentially pioneered his own path to bring this course to life. What started as an idea was completed with careful planning and determination to try something Not many people had.
2: You know when I started this process I went back to my department chair and said hey you know I was thinking wouldn't it be neat to take the students out to some Native American reservations he said yeah great idea but I don't know how you do it and so what do we do and he said well go talk to to uh, Dean Mary Watt over in class and so Dean Watt and I got together and said this is a great idea but I'm not sure how you do it so here's your mission you go and figure it out and report back to me when you do so <laughs> I said great so that's sort of what 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 uh, my perspective has been and trying trying to put together this, this, like I said, this kind of guidelines, things to think about and, and uh, timelines. And, um, you know, once you get that course established like that, then it's much easier to, to focus instead on the the logistics of the actual trip. But But it's important to make sure we we do these things, especially with the with the budgetary aspects. We want to make sure we're transparent that the you know the bills are paid, and and you know when you have speakers fees, for example, there's a couple different ways to do that, and and you can have a check cut in advance, or you can do it after, but you still have to account for all of these things, and that that's something else that, that we have to think about um, and and give other units the time and space they need to be able to complete those to to meet our deadlines.
0: So for all those skeptics out there, wondering if is this really possible, is it worth the effort? And most importantly, did the students actually gain anything valuable from this trip? Listen to Dr. Conley explain.
2: You know, we visited Mount Rushmore, for example. Uh, you know, I gave us, I think, two and a half hours there, three hours. So when we got to Mount Rushmore, and it was actually snowing a little bit that day, I let them wander through the exhibits, snap pictures, um, and, and a lot of it was just sort of impromptu. Two things happened that, that I recall there at Mount Rushmore. One was that one of my students came and found me and said, Professor, there are no mentions of the, of the Sioux people, the Lakota people, at all. It's all about Gutz and Borglum and his, you know, mining out there, doing the, the carving of the faces. And she went up and asked the park ranger, Why don't you guys have any, any you know, history of the Sioux? And uh, she was very polite, very respectful. And the, and the park ranger said, well, ma'am, I don't make policy. I just follow it. But there is there is a native who's allowed to come like twice a year and set up a stand out by the parking lot. That got a conversation going, right? And then we, we were out actually on the panorama outside with two or three students. And, and we uh, ran into a, a lady who had a baby and had her mother there. Um, and. We found out they were from Alabama, a neighboring state, so we started talking and said, what are you guys doing here? My student said, oh, our professor took us on this class, and, and I said, why, why did, uh, Native American politics, why did you come here? And so then that student who'd asked the question to the park range said, well, let me tell you all about it. And at the end of our, our little 20-minute talk there, the lady said, my, I had no idea. I've learned so much from you.
0: When students turn around and become the teachers, you know you've created an experience that has truly marked them.
1: For information on building your own experiential learning activity or course, visit the links included in the description of this podcast. Also, use the teach.ufl.edu website to find more resources on teaching.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond the Podium podcast series. We're so happy you joined us, and we hope to see you next time for more tips, Strategies, Ideas on Teaching and Learning at the University of Florida.